Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. Good Tuesday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Tuesday edition. Jeff, it's not raining. It's actually not cold. It's kind of weird out there. But hey, welcome in this morning. We were uh, talking off air and and about missed the on air time. Yeah, we just got right into a roll already. Yeah, we're really not. I mean, it is sport related. Sport related. You know, that, that's the difference when you go from, like, you know, hunting and, like, firearm-type discussion to football. It's sport versus sports. Yeah. I don't understand why there's a there's an S difference. I don't know. Probably yeah. the same reason that you get, like, NASCAR. The, the same thing. Speaking of NASCAR. I know. Did you watch it? I watched where they tried yesterday. And then I was working yesterday, or out in, in the in a room yesterday, and so, so I you missed. tried Sunday. I tried Sunday, and then I watched the last twenty laps yesterday. So here's the weird part. So I had, you know, I, I tell everybody there's committees around the world that make sure I'm real busy when I get home, and uh, and I had a lot of stuff to do. We had to meet some guy that we sold something on on the Facebook, you know, and it's Facebook for those who I just call it that, not because I don't know it's Facebook. It's just. That's my word for it. But had to meet a guy because we sold something on Facebook, and then then I had to air up the you know tires on bicycles because it was you know above freezing. So little boy saw a bicycle, um, and a lot of different things, and, and working around the house, and and all of a sudden you know I'm like, well, I wonder I wonder how the the race finished up because I'm usually getting the updates such and such wins this, and I got nothing. So I go up there. And it's the first overtime. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Not only are we on Monday, but we're on overtime. I came in right at the beginning, uh, or no, 20 laps. So it was, they hadn't had the big one yet. Kozlowski was still in the top three. And I was like, man, I came in right at the right time. And then no sooner had I thought that the big one happened. And, uh. It took him, it took half the field, and yeah, I was like, well, now at this point, I don't really care who wins. Brad Keselowski, is he not like, is he kind of not starting to look like get off my lawn? A little bit, yeah. He kind of needed to get a haircut before the Daytona yes. 500. He was, I'm, I don't know, I don't know. He's either that or he's got a really nice Dabler. <laughs> either way. But... So they do their thing. They they have to clean the track up for the first time. Well, then they get the 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 next overtime or whatever, and they're they're doing their thing. And Denny Hamlin shoots out of there like a cannon, and I'm like, oh man, he's gonna win it again. And I just thought it was gonna be clean, you know. Yeah. Just he got out there, whatever, and he got so far out there that he lost some lost momentum. Yeah, and and here come Ryan. I guess it was was it Ryan Blaney and Ryan Newman. Ryan Newman was being pushed by Blaney, and it it was just. And who was on the top side? Was it Stenthouse? Maybe. There there was like a, a people switched partners quick. 
Very fast. I mean, this Very was fast. a this was a pick the fast car and go with it. Yeah. Uh, it was seven. It was five o'clock traffic in Knoxville all day. It was well a little, it a little was. faster, a little faster. A little but nonetheless, you know they're they're kind of the draft comes along, shoots past Denny Hamlin, and you're like, Ryan Newman's going to get it done. Rocket Man's going to going to go to the win, or or Blaney's going to you know kind of try to you know do a little slingshot, a little shake and bake uh, right there at the end. And, and and then all of a sudden here comes I think it was Stenthouse that came back and got Newman or got uh, it was got Blaney. Hamlin, huh? Oh yes, they yes. got Hamlin and it was like going to get that shot going again. And here comes Hamlin. Well, all of them, you know, they take the white flag, so it's whoever can get back. Yep. And I like that's a cool moment in NASCAR. It was definitely one of the better finishes that I've seen um, outside of the wreck but oh yeah with how close well they the, said it was the third second second or third closest finish they've had in daytona 500 history they said their camera can get down to a hundredth and they didn't know that yeah like that's stupid like that's crazy but but that's good oh no it's it's great for the sport overtime's great for the sport uh the wreck however not good for the sport as they race back to the start finish line no. um Here's the thing, and it was crazy because Blaney's usually a, a Rubens racing kind of guy. Yeah. But Ryan Blaney gets into Ryan Newman, turns him into the wall, and then he gets airborne and then gets hit by Corey LaJoy uh, to really, really kind of end the the wreck and, and send him across the start-finish line on his top. So the situation was – the situation was um, – it's one of those days when you're like, Denny Hamlin just won the 500, but but it was Daytona in February. It was car turned on the last lap into the wall. It was airborne, and the car comes to rest on its top. Too many parallels yeah. to 2001, Dell Earnhardt Sr., and... I'm not a Denny Hamlin fan, but I'm not a Denny Hamlin hater. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of like Joe Gibbs. I mean, I think what he's done in two different sports is kind of dynamic. You know, that's that's pretty amazing, and I think understated in a lot of ways. But They still call him Coach Gibbs in NASCAR, too. I know, right? Yeah, and he still looks like timeless. He does. He looks maybe three years older than he did in, like, 88. But here's the deal. When it came to rest, I'm like, get him out of the car. That's what I thought too. Get him out of the car because I needed a I needed the the wind and net to drop. I needed I needed a handout. I needed something. Yeah. Because I was you know I ain't gonna lie. I was kind of freaking out. I was like, we don't need to see this again. No. This and doesn't need to happen like this to this guy because this guy's been a journeyman. I mean, Ryan Newman. I don't I don't know. I, I've never been a Ryan Newman fan per se. I always thought it was cool because he was a heavier guy. I'm like, see, look, I could do that. <laughs> see, look, but. I always kind of respected Ryan Newman because he's been dealt some crappy hands. Oh yeah, you know he he you know had you know he's the rookie of the year that beat out Jimmy Johnson for rookie of the year in two thousand two. I didn't know that. So I mean he's he's kind of a big deal, and and he's ha he's won some big races. He's won the Brickyard. He's won some different things, and so I was like I kind of respect Ryan Newman and get him out of the car and they they turned over he's racing for Roush now which is a pretty good ride mm -hmm. you know the six car has always been kind of a a competitive ride Mark Martin you know different guys have run in that car and then I start seeing gas 
pouring out yeah. of the tank, and there's a little bitty fire. Which they NASCAR, focused on it. Yeah, NASCAR's cars are something to be had. Like they're technological marvels, but it wasn't looking good. There was gas pouring, and there was a fire that was just waiting. Yeah. And now I think they've got some agent that you know basically when when their fuel hits air and the oxygen gets it, it really takes the flammability way down. But still, still, I gotta say, I mean, and they they got on it pretty quick too. They were right there. Yeah, they, they were, um, which is good. You know, again, I, I did see some stuff this morning that said he was he was in Stay, critical condition, he's serious, but it was not. Nothing was life threatening. So I, I was I was very glad to hear that and see that, and you know, hope he gets back quick and gets to winning the races again. Well, and here here's the deal with it. You know, he didn't. He didn't get out of the car. No. And then they, they get over there. And I remember it, it's crazy. I don't want to say it's stupid crazy, but it kind of is. I paralleled every moment to the next about hour, hour and a half to 2001. Now, granted, there wasn't Twitter. There wasn't Facebook then. Right. But because I'm sitting here and doing the refresh, 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 just trying to get somebody to say he's alive. Wait to hear something. But almost on the opposite negative side of something, nobody was saying anything. Nobody was doing anything. And and all of a sudden they were posting pictures of people who were still in the track that they had brought up the black barricades I saw and that. covered the car, which made you think, oh, yeah, something's bad or it looks bad. You know, whether it's a, a torn jumpsuit, blood, what have you. I, I like to hope that they do that out of respect for the family. Not not to signify, oh, something bad just happened, but to signify we'd like for them to get details before the person right. three grand stands up. Well, and they, they I thought NASCAR did a good job. You know, it, it'd been real easy. And, you know, I think fans would like to have had a little bit more intel, but they sent the they they sent all media out of the pit bo- or out of the the pit area. I heard that too. I thought that was really good. You know, hey, don't do a Kobe Bryant where they find out the the helicopters went yes. down via via TMZ. Yep. So, uh, I thought that was really good. I thought they did a good job. I thought you I don't know if you saw the car after they got him out. I no, not after they got him out. So they completely cut the uh the cage on the driver's side like really? it, they just basically hold it. Wow. Like cut the whole thing out and then just took him out that way. He went directly to Halifax Medical Center. That's where Dale Earnhardt Sr. went, which it's right across the street from sure. the from the track. That's where they're all going to go. But, um, you know, still no word, still no word, nothing. About an hour went by, and all of a sudden uh, they say that, that hospital security told the media to start staging that there would be a, an update very soon. Awesome. And uh, and then as I guess it was maybe just shortly after 10 o'clock, um, they, they reported that he's in serious condition. Again, no no details as to what, broken bones, what have you, but non-life-threatening. I, I don't think he's out of the woods yet. I mean, I think non-life-threatening doesn't, doesn't rule out uh, anything from paralysis uh, to broken bones right. and what have yeah, you because he – he got hit at a, probably about a buck thirty, buck forty, right in the driver's side a pillar. I mean, he was he was. You you can't plan for that. No, you shouldn't be at that angle. And when his car got airborne, it was just fate. And Corey LaJoy couldn't have done anything to pull up. I mean, you you just don't 
you you can't jump step with a with a NASCAR car. I mean, it's coming at you, and you just fast. You, you're kind of bobbing, weaving, you know, trying to get out of the way. But um, so anyway, that's something Corey LaJoy's probably been eating up with all night. Uh, Ryan Ryan Blaney, you know, he's normal. He was, he was tore up last he night. He was shook. He yeah. was shook pretty bad. And uh, and and I thought it was really odd, just the whole sequence of events. You know, I don't know that Denny Hamlin understood what had happened with Ryan Newman. I think he probably thought he just jumped out of the car. Um, so he goes and do, does donuts in the in the infield, does his celebration, and then I think somebody gets to him and says, "Listen, Ryan's not out of the car." Yeah, and he was shook. Like as soon as he got to the to to victory lane, he went ahead and just just drove over there, and and quit doing burnouts. Didn't do the front back stretch thing, you know. Um, they were talking to him, and he's like, "I." I, I re- it'll sink in eventually, but he said, "All I'm worried about is Ryan Newman." Yeah, and but, I thought that's that's a brotherhood thing that that it needs is. to show. They 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 are a pretty tight knit group. They, you I know, mean, I think they beat and bang and get mad at each other because you know who wouldn't want to win the Daytona 500? Right. Who wouldn't want to you, you know qualify better? Or who wouldn't who who wants to get into it at practice? You know, yeah. But at the I same agree. rate, man, these guys these guys know. What they're doing on a day on a daily and weekly basis that, I mean, at the at the drop of a hat, man, they're gone. Yeah. So it was a reality check, you know. I thought uh, I thought the president, you know, he pointed it out. It's it's kind of om- ominous the 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 way it kind of went down. He talked about how you know technology's come a long way, but this sport's still very dangerous. It is. And uh, and he said, you know, that's what makes it intriguing, and that's what makes it you know fun. Um, but then for this to happen, I, I mean, it kind of brings it full circle. You know, uh, they were putting it out there. I mean, yes. they were hammered down. This was racing that we hadn't seen in a while. I mean, it was that tandem racing that a lot of people don't like. But I mean, I think it was using things that make NASCAR NASCAR. The draft, uh, you know, tunnel. You know how how you can kind of lift the the car next to you by getting close based on air. You know, I think there's all those cool pieces. But uh, man. It got real serious real quick last night, it and did. like and like I said, I, I I remember, I remember what I was doing when when I heard Dell Earnhardt passed away. I saw the end of the wreck, and we went to Walmart because I mean it was all oh, Michael Waltrip won, man, because Dell Earnhardt Jr. was behind him, and then Senior was in third, and we saw him wreck. But I mean, it's no different than Brad Keselowski. Like Brad Keselowski's wreck at Talladega defies odds. Yes. You remember that one? I Where do. his motor ended up on the other side of the, the safer barrier right next to the stands? I do remember that. When you see wrecks like that and they walk away, you just kind of get numb. You just kind of go, they're always going to walk away. Like, there's nothing. They're, they have a shell that, you know, I mean, it's like a force field. And it's going to be fine, especially after Dale Sr. because he didn't have that. Half helmet, you know, basically – I'm not saying it was a just a five or it wasn't just like your your run of the mill seat belt, but it wasn't you know five point harness. It wasn't Hans device. It wasn't the, yeah none the of seat. That. You know nothing was like it is today. So so you know I I remember that and and being in Walmart and my my grandfather actually calling me. It was the weirdest thing because Papa he didn't use a phone. Like if he wanted to talk to you, he'd just come see you. You know yeah, he you was go. that guy. You know, he didn't have a phone for a real long time, but um, he calls me and he says, I think he's gone, Wayne. And I'm like, what are you talking about? No idea. I mean, at that point, I guess I'm 14. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, what? 
Because, I mean, and it didn't sink in. Like, had that happened today, that means so much more to me. But it meant a lot then. But the whole face of a sport changed. It's, it did. Co- it's Kobe Bryant level. It's, it, it's you know, I don't know. Name any anybody. I mean, that's like Tom Brady getting getting killed in a car accident. Yes. You know, it, it's, it's – Except on the football field. Right. Because, I mean, that – Yeah, just straight concussed and don't get up. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's – it's that level. But, yeah, I think that's what made the racing loss more because, you know, Kobe Bryant didn't – didn't, we didn't lose him on the basketball floor. Right. You know, we didn't even, – even other race car drivers, you know, Davey Allison, we didn't lose him on the, on the nope. racetrack. You, you know, Alan Kowicki, we didn't lose him on the racetrack. But guys like Neil Bonnet, Adam Petty, Dale Earnhardt Sr., those guys, you lose them on the racetrack, that's serious. And it, that's – that's you don't go back there the same ever again. No, because at that point, you just saw worst case scenario. You always hear about it, but you never you never see it. You never have to experience it. You just know that it's out there lingering, and oh, they they get out, they get out, and then you have these cases where they don't, and you see you know how dangerous it is. I mean, it, it definitely it, it begs the question that competitive edge. You know, you know how can you keep it? Yeah, you know, next week at Vegas, I, I don't know how a lot of these guys are going to put it to the floor because they understand now that again you're not doing 200 like you do at Daytona, right. but um, I mean, there's not a ton of difference between 188 and 200. No, so uh, I, you know, thoughts are out to to Ryan Newman and his family. Again, racing's the last thing on their mind at this point, but it's a byproduct of what he did for a living. That's uh, right. Of a career. So, uh, again, thoughts are out with him. Thanks for, for kind of, I guess, jumping into this one. That was not yeah, a topic that, was, that we had. <laughs> but, uh, man, it kind of sprung itself last night. And then when we started talking this morning, it just kind of poured out. But um, good topic. And, and again, hope hope the best for Ryan Newman. I, I, you know, after something like that, you question whether he'll ever race again. And, and that's a question to be had. But it's not a question that's going to be answered today. No. So, I think uh, he just needs to – he needs to get better, figure out what the road looks like ahead of him, and then uh, and then get to that. But uh, he's got two young daughters, uh, a wife. So uh, my wife was just tore up for those for those last night because again they didn't know either. Yeah, they didn't know about him getting out of the car. They didn't know what was going on. And and honestly, the reactions of the drivers scared everybody. I think more than anything because they were they were torn up. Because they, uh, it wasn't the candid. Well, that's just part of racing, or that's this, or that's that. And they're like, we, we just, we just want him to get out of the car. Yep. So with that, you know, we'll take a break, listen to these great sponsors. But when we come back, we're gonna pep it up a little bit. Talk XFL week number two. As week number two, I thought gained some light for a lot of different things. I actually finalized my fandom uh, for XFL, and we'll talk about that on the flip. Why? And then, uh, and then of course, we'll talk about the scores and stats that we can find from XFL week number two. We'll be back right after these messages. You don't want to miss it. Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. 
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses. Serving Blount County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services, including payroll processing, bookkeeping, individual and business tax returns, compilation, review, and assurance services. It's Whitlock and Company, PC, 375 Fountain View Circle in Alcoa, Tennessee, 37701. Phone 865-984-1040 or 865-981-9638 or visit Whitlock and Company online at whitlockcpa.com. Custom shirts, vinyl decals, and all things custom printing. That's what Night Shift Printing brings your way. If you need custom printed accessories, check out my man Jacob Carter of Night Shift Printing. You can contact them direct 321-6845 or via email at nightshiftprinting at gmail.com. That's K-N-I-G-H-T, shiftprinting at gmail.com. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. You don't want to miss it. It's well worth it. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill. Located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios here at Rocky Top Sports. 
I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Tuesday edition. Jeff, talk NASCAR in the first segment. Again, again, the finish that was, the delay that was, and then the crash that, uh, of course, had us all torn up last night as Ryan Newman in serious condition but non-life-threatening injuries uh, there on that situation. But we move to segment two, and it's going to be the XFL. Uh, the XFL had its week number two. Uh, if it was AAF, this was, uh, I think maybe, maybe pre week end, <laughs> you know, it was, it didn't make it that long, but I tell you, uh, week number two had some really good games, just like week number one had, uh, you had some games that, that got out of hand and that, that teams didn't necessarily show up to play. I thought the DC defenders guardians game was going to be better than it was. And then the Guardians didn't show up. No, that's not how they. At all. That's how they got eliminated from my my fan vote. Yeah, I mean, not it, that that's going to make them lose sleep. It but. surprised me with how good Matt McGloin looked last week, and then this week, I mean, he was terrible. I think you're going to get some helter skelter out of yes, this league, though. I agree uh, because there's there's a certain premium that's paid for consistency, and there's yeah. a reason why these guys aren't in the league. And we'll we'll talk about that. I believe in each and every matchup we talk about. But I think you look at it, and the New York Guardians, again, blanked by the D.C. defenders. Uh, kind of the storyline that I took from that one is Cardo- Cardell Jones is pretty good in this league. You know, he's a yes. big body guy that can do some things on the on the ru- rushing side of things. He didn't have to in this game, but he did rush for 14 yards. But also, he threw for 276, 62% completion percentage, two touchdowns and a pick. Had a pretty good night, pretty good evening. Uh, out on on that way of things, uh, I thought Matt McGlowing, like you said, he he only threw for forty two percent completion, forty four passing yards, uh, and, and two picks. So not his best day. But you know, I think that's the ebb and flow that is the XFL. You've got a lot of guys that are that are on the cusp of NFL talent, but they're not NFL talent. And I think I think they're they're looking to present themselves as NFL talent. And then see what what happens. But I think I think competitive side. I'm 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 as impressed with this league as as I ever have been with the yeah, NFL. Absolutely. I you know week two and week two again gave us another good weekend of football. Um, I, I actually was able to try to get it on over at my parents' house a little bit and you know get them kind of watching it and seeing some of the hits and some of the rule changes. And again, everything went pretty flawless i thought we didn't see a lot of procedural uh, penalties and things like that so the rule changes and things like that are are still working um and and so i think that's huge you know you don't want to see a lot of stuff that starts and stops and starts and stops and starts and stops you know we've not seen games where there's 13 flags you know the nfl you can at least count on one hand how many games you'll get where we have 14 flags in the first half and it's because the referees get shook on something. And then after that, it's like, Oh, was that a penalty? They just eyeball it all the time. And I think this league's in a lot of uh, a little different light because the, the refs are mic'd. Yes. I love that because it just shows you how much help they get from the booth, you know, because they come out with this real formal, you know, after further review, blah, 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 blah. That guy in the booth tells him every word to say. Yeah. And and I think that's really cool, and I love that that you see, did you see his little like PlayStation controller that he can go back and forth, back and forth, yep. back and forth, and uh, 
No, I love everything about it. I love the the faster play. You know, a lot of people were worried that the game was going to get over really fast. Oh, that was the, me. Because the running clock and then the twenty five second play clock, it's not it's not that big a deal because they still take TV timeouts. They yeah. still do those things. But uh, I think it's 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 if if this makes any sense whatsoever, it's sixty minutes a two minute drill. Yes, and I that's agree. I mean, who doesn't like a good two minute drill? Yeah. So I, I love what they've brought there. Uh, I continue to love the uh, the the kickoffs. I think that's the smartest thing maybe the whole league's done because there's the opportunity to break it, but in a, in a general sense, it's no different than any other play. No, because they don't get any more head start. The runner does, but again, he's trying to not hit people. He's not trying yeah. to in in you know include contact. So I think it's really good. I will say one thing that I I I feel like all the teams are struggling with that I don't know I, I guess I would have a a plan uh, in place but is the extra points I feel like nobody knows which one they want to do like if it was me I would either always go for one always go for two or whatever and then we would just practice those distances right but it's like. <laughs> And I understand situational at the end of the game. If you're down three, of course, you're going to go for three. But I can't tell you how many – like that 24-28 game, Battle Hawks and Roughnecks, if they would have just went for one every time they scored, it would have been a tie ball game. It's true. Now, not to say that they would have converted, but but what I'm getting at is is they kind of bounced around. They'd go for one, then they'd go for two. I don't think they ever went for three, but they, they just – Somebody went for three this weekend and got it. Because they said it was the first one that they'd made. Hmm. I didn't see who it was, but I heard that one got made. Really? I mean, it was bound to happen eventually. I mean, may have been the old Renegades. They got twenty five. Could have been the. Who knows? Who knows? I didn't see it. I didn't see it again. And uh, uh, with with full weekends, you, you don't normally get to sit down and just take in the whole game. No. So, but I thought. Is it not funny, too? Like, it doesn't matter what sport we're talking about. Tampa Bay can't have a really good team in it. <laughs> no, they can't. Is that not the funniest thing? For all the awesome that their uniforms are, I mean, they look good. Really? They're just terrible. You like them? You like their uniforms? I like that green. So, I like that green, but I don't like any other color that they've coordinated with it. <laughs> like, here's the deal. If I have to rate them, they're – well, they're battling really good with the Battle Hawks for the worst uniforms. <laughs> I like the Battle Hawks helmets, but just the blue and white. You know, I'm I'm just too Tennessee to like anything blue and white. It, you're right. It was the Renegades' three point attempt successful. Well, there's my luck. I should I should have went and bought a ticket. Yeah, and wasted it on that little Missed question. Out. But Vipers fall to the Seattle Dragons seventeen to nine, and, and just. Just not a really good output by by anybody uh, on the Vipers squad. The Dragons uh, had a little bit of success there, but not the greatest of outings there either. Uh, leading rusher had 45 yards. Uh, leading receiver had 87, and the pass and, and B Silvers seven of 18 for 91 yards and, and a win. You know that's uh, that's not normally your your stat line for a win. No. But I do think you, you you know I don't think you're going to see many like 500 yard passers in this league. I think that the game's too fast. I, I think so also. And and one thing I just noticed also was, you know, Tampa Bay played two quarterbacks because they yanked one. 
You know, the New York what, Guardians. Yeah, probably the luckiest guy on the field right there. They the guy played who was two quarterbacks because they yanked him. And can you can you remember back in the NFL in in one week how many quarterbacks got pulled, let alone multiple quarterbacks across multiple games? I, I'm telling you, this league, ain't, they don't play around. No. They quit school because of recess. They don't play. That's right. Uh, they, uh, they fired defensive coordinators. They yanked quarterbacks. Um if you ain't playing, you ain't playing. You know what I'm saying? If you if you don't have it in 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 the chest, if you ain't got the heart, you're down. Yeah. You're done. Uh, and and it's because there's no room for error. The season's too short. You know you've got to have and momentum and consistency is a thing in anything. So I, I think they're just one they're filling it out, and then they're feeling real quick that that, that you ain't the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And they move move right along. But but I thought it was a good win by Seattle. I thought their home unis looked a lot better than their road unis. The they had a lot more of the blue on there, the navy, yeah. and kind of toned down the uh the dragon look. Like don't get me wrong. I, I like dragons. But this ain't hocus pocus, this ain't anything else. I so just, I, all I see is UAB when I see them. It, well, it's a better UAB though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like the XFL. It's the XFL. The Rock. <laughs> it just moved. But uh, anyway, we digress. <laughs> Badly. We digress. Uh, but, but anyway, I thought it was a good win by Seattle. Uh, they're just really not that good, and, and neither one of those teams were kind of my hook. So it was, it was not a game that I was, I was tuned way into. But as, as I, I'm trying to find a different game every week. Because, again, Saturdays and Sundays with a, a five- and a seven-year-old, two boys – it's just hard to just sit in front of the yeah. TV for hours on end. I do it in the fall, but they do it with me. Right. Uh, so, you know, and they, they kind of like some of these uniforms because they're so bright and whatnot. So I'm getting a little time out of it. But we'll we'll, uh, we'll continue to build this XFL fandom. But uh, the next game, Dallas Renegades and the L.A. Wildcats, another team that I thought their, their home unis looked a lot better than their road unis. Uh, I, I think it's because a lot of the road – you know, of course, has the white jerseys, and it kind of right. takes a little – takes a step back. I mean, I I don't know many teams, you know, this side of maybe the Cowboys, that their their whites are kind of their thing. You know what I'm saying? Like the Steelers' whites don't look bad. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't care for the, the Broncos' whites. I'd much rather wear the navies or the orange. So it's yeah. just – I, and I like Tennessee's whites. I like the Stormtroopers. I, was, I yeah. was just thinking that. Just but thinking I also Tennessee's. like them with the orange pants, which other people don't. But I think that's a cool combo. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the Dallas Renegades go on on the road to L.A. and I thought their stadium was cool. I thought the you know it was a it was an interesting little venue. It was smaller, but nonetheless, they it looked like a packed house. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are like, well, why ain't Dallas playing in Jerry's World? Well, it's because it's going to look like there's about, uh, you know, there's a bag of Skittles in the stands. It's going to look like everything is perspective. Yeah. And here's the thing: if you if you have a stadium you're playing in that fits the people that are there, you look like a packed house. You're like, hey, this is successful. If you try to pack them into Jerry's World, Mm. like you said, you're gonna man, nobody wants to see this. Look, it's empty. Who cares? It's going to look like a busted can of biscuits. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, but anyway. I think it's 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 the same thing I've always said about a bowl game at Neyland Stadium. Yes. Do I think it'd be really cool? Yes. Do I think it would look really cool on TV? No, because it's you could have fifty thousand people there and it look empty. Yeah, exactly. And there's not a bowl game out there unless you're you've got Tennessee in it that feels it like that. That other right. than like the college football playoff games, but uh, bowl games just the TV coverage is too good now. People yeah. don't. 
It, they want to go if it's their if it's their team and it's close to where they live. But there's very few people that go. You know, if if an East Coast team's in the Rose Bowl, which I know they don't do that based on alignment. It was just my first come sure. up. But when you got to travel significantly, they're going to watch it on TV. Oh, absolutely. So uh, I. I that that's the whole thing. I think Dallas did a really good job. I like their little. They're in a they're in a soccer stadium, but it's awesome. Like the way it's stacked up on that one end. Uh, I think it's a really cool stadium. L. A. had a really cool stadium, and uh, and Dallas did some work. Uh, Landry Jones was back this week, and uh, and I know that that you were loving that. You know, former Steeler there, and then you're now a renegade. So I mean, it was kind of two for two. Got that win. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, two for two is in two interceptions. Uh, yeah. Landry Jones was uh, – he was firing it in there hot, and I think you mentioned it at the break. Uh, was this nerves? Was this I'm the first pick in the XFL draft? I've got to do something. That's what I think. I, you know, they, they keep talking about face of the XFL, face of the XFL, Landry Jones. And, you know, he didn't play last week, and they're like, he'll be back next week, though. You watch. We're, we're going to light it up. That offense is going to be great. And then – I watched the majority of that game, and honestly, I didn't see anything that I wasn't expecting. You know, Landry, a, he did complete seventy percent of his passes for three hundred and five yards. I mean, it wasn't a terrible outing. No, no, no. It was no. the two picks that really turned it. But he's got a pretty good defense on his side because yes. they uh, they they kind of held him. They they didn't allow those two interceptions to beat. No, him. and and I think you know he he I think he felt like he needed to come out there and throw six hundred yards and seven touchdowns because. He, he, you know, he's the guy. We got to light it up, and he has to remember he doesn't have these NFL receivers. He doesn't have this NFL offensive line, so I think he has to play a little smarter and a little faster, and you know, get what he can get. Who, where, um, where'd Cameron Artis Payne play? I that's driving me nuts. I want to say Auburn because I, I recognize that name, and every time they call it, I'm like, hey, I know, I, I Google, I know. Him. I know where he, you know. I swear it was Auburn, but man, he he looks good. He looks like he can run hard. Let's see if I can figure it out. Oh, I'm I'm on it. I'm I'm gonna beat you. I'm gonna beat you. Panthers was where he was drafted in the NFL. College, Auburn University. Yeah. Boom, confetti. There you go. He wore number thirty-four or forty-four at Auburn. If you if you want to know, his mom and dad's name are Davis and Victoria Payne. There you go. Need anything else? No. I think he's pretty good. I'm good, Boone. Thanks. Oh, <laughs> True that. All on paper. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, I thought he ran well. I think once Landry got kind of in the zone, he, he found he likes his tight end. Uh, yes. That, that's kind of his – that was his leading receiver. Uh, uh, I thought once he got kind of in the zone, they went more short and manageable. And kind of tricked it, you know, matriculated it down the field, like did their thing and chopped it up. Uh, when he went home run ball, that wasn't his look, or at least not this week. And uh, and, and I thought he did some deep balls that that kind of backed the defense up. Yes, but in the majority uh, of his seventy percent completions, it was screens. It was it was just over to the left there, you know, just in the flat. Uh, I thought they did a good job of of kind of bringing that in, but. You know, in this game, L.A., I thought they were much improved from week one. L.A. was a little flat coming out of the gate, and uh, I thought they brought it a little bit defensively. I thought they had some issues offensively. That's pretty much why they got beat. Uh, they just couldn't get the points on the board. But I thought they were improved from week number one. But the Renegades were in the running 
uh, for my for my vote for my fan vote, which may be the best thing that ever happened to him that I don't pick him because that seems to be the the the, the consensus. Well, you know, I, I started liking. Well, I can't say that because I like the Broncos. As soon as Peyton went there, and he goes to like three straight AFC Championship games, two two out of three Super Bowls, wins one. You know, I I feel like I wasn't the the bad part there. Peyton left, and then they got bad. So who was the difference maker there? That's true. So anyway. Um, but Dallas just, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, I don't know. I, I don't, and, and they were in their road unis week number two. You know how that goes. I, I don't much care. This is, this is total diva here. One, I, I can't stand how mummy, like whatever you want to call him, the godfather of the air raid or whatever. There's a reason why people are doing it better because, because <laughs> he figured out how not to do it for a long time. Uh, you know, he had Tim Couch is probably the only the only saving grace he had. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. could rip it. But uh, he just sits there, and and I don't know. I'm an emotion. I like emotional coaches. Like that's why I like the 49ers defensive coordinator so much. I just think he's like like you can see it right, right there. His whole emotion and how mummy. Uh, you know, I didn't know if he was calling plays or having a bowel movement. You know, I, I didn't know what the difference what's was. What's up with the scarf that he wears? I th- it looks like a towel, but he wears it like a scarf. He kind of wants to – it looks like he's trying to be Al Davis. <laughs> Does it not? Yeah. Like he's like got this weird funky hairdo, which I feel like's a cover-up for like not much being up there. But it's like a big – like he's got the Kentucky mud flap going on the side here. Yes. And, uh, but, and then he covers his mouth like it's not mic'd. Like, I think that's the funniest thing. He's like, I don't want anybody to see what I'm saying, but I'm saying it on a microphone. <laughs> and everybody can hear me. But, uh, but, and then he's just, like I said, no emotion. He was, he coached at Kentucky, and that's really all it's got to be for me. Uh, and then Bob Stoops, you know, the former Florida defensive coordinator. I just, I can't get away from a big orange roots, and, um, and I don't know. Just can't like him. Can't like him. And he had an opportunity to come to Tennessee and coach, and he didn't. So, you know. Was that, was that during the carousel? Well, I mean, which one? Like, we had a full-blown, like, and three that's ring. that's all you need to know. <laughs> we had a full-blown three-ring circle. <laughs> circus. But uh, anyway, anyway, hey, I don't have – it doesn't have to make sense. It's just mine. <laughs> it's mine. But uh, – and then lastly, total vain pick here. I don't really like the font on their jerseys. Their what? number font. Really? It's so vanilla. Like, it's not edgy at all. You're the renegades, and it looks like, I mean, it looks like Ariel at best. Ariel. <laughs> Ariel at best. Maybe Ariel Bold. You used Times New Roman on your font. <laughs> I don't like it. X, X, out of here. <laughs> what, it, what is it? What it, What's the, the thing, the dilly dilly? Dilly dilly. It's like to the, to the what you call it, oh, dilly the, dilly. the pit of misery. Yeah, to the pit of misery, dilly dilly. But anyway, so that, that kind of leaves two teams with uh, with a chance at the fandom, that left the uh, the St. Louis Battlehawks and the Houston Roughnecks. Houston Roughnecks, uh, I my reasoning's poor. I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll give you that. I have very little reasoning uh, for why I picked these guys, other than they're two and zero, best record in the, in the XFL. And so here's my three reasons on that. You want to hear them? Let's go. You're about to. Uh, but uh, Latroy Lewis, former Vol plays for, for the Houston Roughnecks. That's fair. He was a linebacker. Um, there's three other guys from the state of Tennessee. There's actually a Tusculum, 
defensive lineman. I went to Tusculum, so that's kind of cool. Nice. Chattanooga, there's a Chattanooga kid, and then there's a Mars Hill kid, which is kind of in North Carolina, but close. Uh, so there's some local feel on the Houston Roughnecks. Their uniforms look like uh, look like the Washington Sentinels from uh, they from do. the replacements. They do. Gotta love that. I'm just waiting for for the 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 kicker to come out smoking and go. You know, I'm gonna kick the pee out of it. You know, that's what he's gonna say. Yeah. I, so I just I just like them, and then their fonts better. Their their roughneck better. font is rough. I mean, it fits. And then their their broadcaster's pretty epic too. You heard him. Yeah. He says touchdown roughnecks. It's they, the funniest thing. They definitely have a lot of things going in their favor. I love the helmet. The 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 billet looking helmet, like it looks yes. like billet aluminum. Yes. Like that's cool. And then who wouldn't like PJ PJ Walker? I, yeah. I mean, he's a stud. He's a stud. And and the thing is he's Josh Dobbs-ish. That's another thing you like. He's not big enough. He doesn't look like his arm's strong enough. Right. But he just wins. He just gets first downs. He just he goes after it. And I thought there was a funny story. I kind of told you about it at the break. But there was a story during the game that said Andrew Luck, when he was at the Colts, PJ Walker was was with the Colts as a as a he was trying to make the practice squad. He wasn't even getting a whole lot of looks on the on the active roster. And Andrew Luck basically sent his dad a a, a message. It says a letter. I just have a hard time thinking Andrew Luck wrote a letter to his dad. But anyway, I think he sent him a text and said, listen, Dad, you need to check this cat out. Maybe it meant more if it was on parchment with <laughs> yeah. a quilt it's, in. It's on a, it's on official letterhead. <laughs> yeah, it was on Jim Ursay's own letterhead. Aww. But uh, anyway, no, never mind. Uh, I was about to go way off the <laughs> reservation. That's another team I don't care for. <laughs> but uh, – uh, Chad asked me one time what teams do I like, and I'm like, well, they got an orange. They've got a shot. Yeah. But otherwise, probably not. Probably not so much. Hey, I did like the Steelers for like a season and a half one time. Really? You know what? No. Had a lot of former balls. We did. They had Cam Sutton. They had Dan McCullers. They had uh, yeah. um, oh, They had uh, Justin Hunter. They had a couple different guys. I think Cam Sutton's still there, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a little quiet on that defensive side, but he's not getting fired, so, I mean, obviously yeah. he's doing something right. I was glad when they kept him, too, because yeah. he's a good player. He really is. If he if he hadn't got hurt, if he hadn't tore his knee up, he he's probably next level. He's yeah. probably uh, – you, you're talking about him in, in great conversations because he lost his step, probably a step and a half. But, anyway, I digress. Seattle Battle Haw- or St. Louis Battle Hawks never had a chance, so we'll, we'll not talk about them too much. Jordan Tamu, I like him. I think he's another gamer in this league. I think he can do some really nice things, and he can he can push his team to win, and that's always something that's going to intrigue me a little bit. But like I said, I'm not a blue and white kind of guy. It's Kentucky. It's it's North Carolina. It's it's anything that I don't like. Uh, but the Houston Roughnecks, they just play a brand of bas- or a brand of football that's fun i mean it's fun to watch and they play tough their defense is is smothering at times and then like i said they've got a they've got an elusive quarterback that that runs when he needs to run but june jones likes to sling it and i like watching them sling you know and i know a lot of people were billing dallas to be the team to beat this year but i think it's houston i think dallas will find their way but i think they're gonna do it later in the season and Houston's already got it going right now. And I think that will be the difference maker at the end of the year. 
Absolutely, absolutely. But but I think it was a great week two. I think it leads up to another week three to where it, I think again I'm not a I don't keep the ratings because that's not really what we do here. But I think you know every week we're they're gaining some momentum. And I think as as even me as a fan, I'm gaining momentum. I think week one I watched maybe maybe 15 minutes of each game. Yeah. This past weekend I actually watched two full games. Before the end of the season, I will have a Renegade shirt some way, somehow. Yeah, they, they started putting those uh, those advertisements out there where you can get some stuff. I'm, I'm, uh, I am with you. It's not going to be a Renegade shirt. But. It it was sold out week one. I'm sitting there thinking, hey, well, you know what? Let's support, right? Let's get, check it get out. Get on their site. And nothing. Everything was gone. And I was like, wow. that That's what's going to keep the league going, too. If they're going to bring in revenue, you know, with selling their, their merchandise and stuff, and it's all gone already, there you go. Now, you can get it on on eBay. You can get some stuff on eBay. Mm, I don't know. I'm thinking about getting one that has all the, the teams on it and a, a Roughnecks. Yeah, that's a cool idea. Maybe. Looks like 47 brands like their official on-field That's what I group. saw, too, but, yeah. uh, but anyway, let's take one quick break listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk Tennessee basketball as they have Vandy and Knoxville tonight in a must-win game. All of them, Jeff, from here on out will be that. It has to and be. And it starts right now. Six games to go to the re- end of the regular season. We're going to talk about what Tennessee has to do tonight and then what the rest of the season needs to look like because it is a win or stay home kind of yep. schedule for the balls. We'll talk it all on the flip. You're listening to The Ground. We'll be right back. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming. But Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. As the demand for a more skilled and technologically advanced workforce has grown in Blunt County over the last decade, a driving force to get more young adults trained to work with our local companies and businesses is the Blunt Partnership. The Blunt Partnership has created working relationships between the public schools and industries to develop education initiatives that prepare an upcoming workforce with the skills needed for them to succeed and build a career. To learn more about these strategies, log on to BluntPartnership.com. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. A workshop on human trafficking is presented by Natalie Ivey, Executive Director of the Community Coalition Against Human Trafficking. It'll be 10 a.m. to 12 noon, February 22nd, at the Chilhowee Club, 223 Clarion Avenue in Maryville. Parking is behind the building. It's open to everyone. For more information, contact Jamie Daly 
at 865-661-9055. Custom shirts, vinyl decals, and all things custom printing. That's what Night Shift Printing brings your way. If you need custom printed accessories, check out my man Jacob Carter of Night Shift Printing. You can contact them direct 321-6845 or via email at nightshiftprinting at gmail.com. That's K-N-I-G-H-T, shiftprinting at gmail.com. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. You don't want to miss it. It's well worth it. Got golf? IguaniFarmsGolf.com, 970-7132. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, the Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Tuesday edition. Uh, as we uh, <laughs> as we were on the the break, we were looking at um, we were looking at XFL swag. Forty seven brands got some pretty sweet gear uh, on the website. Now it is not for the faint uh, at heart, as there is uh, definitely uh, a price to be paid. Uh, to be a fan of this league, but it's uh it's kind of fun. It's kind of interesting uh, to to see what they've got and how they've uh, how they've done what they've done. But uh, but Jeff, right here on the end of the the show, we're going to talk Tennessee basketball. Tennessee has Vanderbilt coming to town tonight, six thirty tip time, Aaron TBA, and uh, and Tennessee's backs against the wall. Uh, Tennessee, you know, has not been the terrible of seasons. You know, as they've they've. I think they're fourteen and eleven right now. That's uh, correct. But, but you want a little bit more than that. You, you want yeah. an opportunity to have something to play for in the SEC tournament, uh, which I mean, obviously, you always have something to play for because the winner goes the to the dance. But you don't want to be in that spot, what have you. You let one get away from you against South Carolina, so I think they they've got some retribution to be had. But. You've got to see a Vanderbilt team that you shut out from the three-point line for the first time ever in Memorial Gym just a few weeks ago. So this is going to be a hungry Vandy team coming in, and we've got to have our, our game face on. We've got to learn how not to turn it over. We've got to learn how to score at the end of games and not go dormant for some time. And we've got to find an on-court leader. You know, I think we talked earlier, we talked yesterday with Boone, uh, just nobody wanted the basketball Saturday, and that's what made me upset is is – I understand that you may not feel confident in your ability to make the shot, but want the ball. Yes. Want the ball. And and, and you don't see that from Tennessee right now. So there's some soul searching that's got to happen. I think Rick Barnes is trying to pep his guys up and say, you know, that they're grinding, they're battling, and, and that he's proud of them. 
But I think at the same rate, he's he's pushing that he's pushing that index finger right there in the sternum and saying, "Do you want it? Yes. If you want it, go get it." Yeah, they they've got to show some heart now. You know, this is you've got your last few games before you get ready for the tournament. Hopefully, you know, you show out for those games. That way, you can impress somebody to get into the tournament because you don't want to be one of those teams on the cusp that you know you let a couple games go that could have got you in and. You, you you'll feel like you left some stuff on the table there. You know you don't want that, right? And, and you know, I a lot of people's like, well, what do you think we've got to do here down the stretch to 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 get in there? And, and I think we. So it's it's a I've got two scenarios. I think you can win three, three or four, and you've got to you've got to be on championship day in the SEC tournament. And if then they, I think if they want to get in, they you got to beat Vandy. I think you got to get a get a win at Auburn, and then win one of your last games against Arkansas and Florida. See, I think you I think you've got to beat Vandy. I think you got to beat Arkansas. You got to split with with Auburn, and then you've got to win one of the the Kentucky or Florida. The problem is Florida's here, Kentucky's there. Yeah. So I think Florida's your better chance. So I think you have to win four of the last six, and then I think you've got to win at least two in the tournament. Not undoable. Uh, again, if you get a draw like Ole Miss, I think it's it's doable. If you get like Ole Miss and Arkansas, I think you can make it happen. Unfortunately, those aren't like they don't click up your rating any, right? You know, so you kind of need to win another good one. But uh, you know, I think we just we've backed ourselves into the corner. Now we just got to fight out or 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 put the white flag up. You know, and I don't think Rick Barnes is a white flag kind of guy. So I think this is going to be a team that battles. But it's got to start tonight. It doesn't matter about Auburn. It doesn't matter about Florida. It doesn't matter about Kentucky. It matters about Vanderbilt tonight because Jerry Stackhouse comes in here and beats you. It's over. Yeah. It's over. Barring a sweep in an SEC tournament championship, you're done. Yep. See you bye. Go home. You're right. So I, I think Tennessee's got a little bit of a spot. I think Tennessee fans are going to come out tonight to support and try to will this team to be better uh, because, again, it's a lot of young talent and it's a lot of what we know will be good talent because we saw this several years ago with the Grants, the Admirals, Kyle Alexander, Jordan Bone. But you're not there yet. It's frustrating because how good we were a year ago. Uh, so you just want to have a, uh, I, I guess, a feel that we have what is the beginnings of greatness, not the what might have been, what could be. You know, we want to be there. Yep. So, I think Tennessee's got to got to get in there and dig deep and get that done. But I'm going to pick the Vols against Vanderbilt. I just don't think Vandy's that good, and I think they've played really good lately. But, uh, you know, just like anything, the other side of the rainbow, they'll come to an end at, at some point. So, uh, I think Tennessee wins tonight. But, uh, but right here before we get out of here, I want to kind of give a little shout-out. If you like what you're hearing – and want a little bit more, uh, check us out, thegrindonsports.com, or you can check us out on any of the social medias. Uh, it's The Grind On Sports. If you search that across Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, SoundCloud, you can find us. We're also on Apple Play or Apple Podcast and Google Play Music. So if you like what you heard but didn't get to hear it all, you can hear it in its entirety on our podcast, on all those avenues, and we post our entire show every day to social media. So check it out. And, and grind as we uh, we have to get out of here for the top of the hour. Jason Swain, the Swain event, is on the top of the hour. You've listened on WKVO, your source for sports, right here in Blunt County. Take care, be safe, and yes, grind on. <laughs>